0: welcome back another exciting episode of the property profits real estate podcast today zooming in all the way from new jersey we got dr joe gazardi joe is a going concern he's working full time he's real estate investing he's focusing on small multis in the buy and hold space and he's doing this juggling everything all at the same time so joe welcome to the show great to have you
1: Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the uh, the
0: time here. Thank you. No, ah, my pleasure. Absolutely. And in fact, we were telling you that you're feeling a little under the weather, so I appreciate that you're powering through and got such a pleasant disposition on the call. That's great. Yeah, uh, no, I,
1: I appreciate it. I, I respect uh, everyone's time, and you know it's important to me. And this was something I was very very excited about. So uh, happy to be
0: here. Great. So Joe, let's give, give everybody a snapshot of what you're investing in what your portfolio looks like now, and where you focus on, what the what the primary market is.
1: Sure. So my name is Joe Gazzardi. Uh I'm known on social media as Dr. Joe Does Real Estate. Uh, I primarily focus on two to four unit small multifamilies uh, throughout the state of New Jersey. I am a buy and hold investor by trade.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then there's a couple other properties that I'm looking to get into and have gotten into recent. Uh, recent weeks and months, uh, small rooming houses, and uh, hopefully into small apartments as well.
0: Interesting. So what does your what's your current portfolio made up of? How many properties do you have? Yep. Well, how many doors all together? You said smaller, multis, duplexes, triplexes, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Yep.
1: So uh, currently I have about 15 properties. Uh, that brings me to about 44, 46 uh, doors altogether. Um, 13 out of the 15 are your traditional two to four unit multifamily properties. There's one single family home that is rented out by the room. And then there's one large licensed uh, rooming house. That's 12 units.
0: Very exciting. Yeah, that's, that is interesting. So I think most people on the call are kind of familiar with the duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes type thing. Most of us are not that familiar with the rooming house thing. So Tell us a little bit about that. How did, first of all, how did you come across that? What does that look like? What are the, what are the, some of the challenges around that? Just really curious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So a a lot of my journey on, on the real estate side has really been relationship based and network based and, and just growing that, uh, time and time again and getting introduced to certain people, you, you start to see what other people are doing and how other folks and mentors of mine are helping others and the licensed rooming house space, really, that that's, it's an interesting space. Yeah. Um, You you need, you know, these, there are folks out there who quite frankly in the affordable housing space are, are struggling, especially right now. Mm. Um, And I look at it as a way to provide safe, affordable housing for folks who maybe they don't need a full blown apartment Um, you know, these are people just getting back on their feet. Uh, they may have been through a tough time. Uh, some of them may have a criminal history perhaps, or some other troubles, uh, with alcohol or some things. And I'm looking to help give those people a second chance and give them a safe, clean place to live. Because if you buy properties that are in distress, uh, oftentimes like myself, you take over some really, (laughs) some really crummy properties, unfortunately. So um, you want to try and enhance the living experience um, for these folks, and you know it, it, it makes it feel good uh, as well. Um, and then I'm not going to lie; they do cash flow a lot better than the two to four units. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so Mother Teresa aside, these are good investments. But absolutely, so let's let's unwrap this a little bit, Joe, if you don't mind, because I know I have a stigma about these kind of properties, and I hope you can help me work around this. I'm thinking, yes, great cash flow. Yes, very challenging tenants. Yes, the stigma around this of being a slumlord, because when I'm thinking boarding houses, again, my neck of the woods, close to Vancouver, British Columbia, there's some really bad boarding house situations around the east side of Vancouver that just get bad press on a regular basis. So that's kind of what comes to mind for me. That's that's the baggage I'm bringing to the table around this Joe. So walk us through, I mean, you know, obviously you're renting by the room and and all this kind of stuff. Number 1, kind of talk to us about your tenant mix and you know, how do you keep them from killing each other in there? How do you keep them, you know, <laughs> how, how do you keep people kind of happily cohabitating and and manage those kind of tenants?
1: Sure, sure. Um, So the two rooming houses that I have currently, they're actually very different. Um, One is not licensed. Um, It's your standard group home, and it's in a typical single family row home. And and those tenants are a little bit more challenging. Um, You know, you, you have to just like anyone else, you have to build a relationship with them. Um, but they want to make sure that you're kind of on their side and willing to help them. And and you know if there is trouble that arises, uh, and sometimes there is, uh, you got to know which way to handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that particular property, I actually have someone managing it for me, um, just because of the distance between my home, my work, and where I have to travel to stabilize the larger one, which is licensed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I will tell you, <laughs> I'm gonna knock on wood. My phone's been Uh, pretty quiet regarding (laughs) that particular property. Um, But the challenge really, uh, and you brought up some of the challenges in terms of slumlords, and that wasn't the case that I took over. Uh, It was just an inexperienced investor. Mm. And, you know, wasn't really sure how to do certain construction things. And was kind of a little bit overwhelmed uh, when the property was basically his on his own. And myself with, you know, I don't have a ton of construction experience, but I was able to get things knotted up and fixed up rather quickly, um, which the tenants are happy. You know, this yeah. one guy had, you know, the roof was the the, ce- the ceiling in his room was you know kind of coming down from water intrusion and you know we got that handled uh relatively quickly in the first few weeks which uh i was actually impressed myself it was a uh, it was kind of a guessing game on where it was coming from
0: yeah was, I, you made him a happy capper that's oh yeah so this yeah, is this, you, this, I, this I, first I one it's it's a group home and again forgive my ignorance because i don't know much about these kind of things but when i hear group home i hear you know i i think you know in our areas there's are some group homes for people with who are mentally handicapped or mentally challenged mm-hmm. or people who have alcohol challenges or drug challenges and they kind of lump them all into mm-hmm. one home and then they have somebody who lives in there full yep. time with them is is that Kind of what we're looking at or something different? So
1: uh, it, it certainly can be. It certainly can be. Uh, and then in, in New Jersey, it's different. There, there's a lot of different licenses that you can have. Uh, obviously, this particular one isn't licensed, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the majority of the tenant mix here is they, they have um, a criminal background for the most part.
0: Okay um, so they they've, so they've gotten out of jail recently nobody's mm-hmm. going to rent them a an apartment exactly they're just yeah, getting I mean, back was, on their feet and, yeah. and you know
1: all of us as landlords we're going to be running their background checks at some point uh we're not allowed to do it right away <laughs> with some of the new changes that have taken place but we do run them uh, yeah. on a two to four unit property so um a lot of those landlords will be biased uh, even though they're not really supposed to uh, they are uh, understandably yeah, so um at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a great property for me. Uh, the licensed property is actually quite different. Uh, some of those tenants have actually been there for uh, almost twenty years, uh, and they're they're older. They're they're you know, sixties, seventies. Uh, some of them have troubles with uh, mobility. They have various health conditions, um, mm-hmm. and basically for me it's almost like a guaranteed payment from them because they're on social security, wow. uh, disability income. And uh, that makes me happy because, you know, we, we just saw what happened three years ago with COVID and how quickly things can change. I'm looking to position my portfolio where I'm getting more of this quote unquote guaranteed uh, money, whether it's section eight or, you know, income from various programs and so forth.
0: So w- when they're on disability, do they pay you the rent or does the government pay you the rent?
1: So they will, uh, the, the social security goes to the tenant, but then the tenant's going to pay me.
0: So bottom line, you know, them, they've got a, a guaranteed income. So, you know, exactly. that they've got money coming in. There's exactly. no excuse. I don't money. have to
1: worry. I don't have to worry about them losing their job.
0: Because they ha- don't have one. Right. right. So that, yeah. 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 Okay. So how many units in the. How many rooms in the licensed facility, Joe?
1: So, so the licensed is 12 and the unlicensed is seven.
0: Okay, perfect. And are you going to be trying to get the unlicensed one licensed or is that out of the question? And are you getting no. any hassles from neighbors from having an unlicensed, is there any risk to that? No.
1: Um, There is, but really, you know, what's, what's at the federal level is the Fair Housing Act. And, and, and that's what really trumps everything. So you know, people can complain, and I, to my knowledge, you know, these guys are, are buddies and neighbors with the people next door. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, th- there certainly could be challenges if, if you know maybe new people move in next door or across the street. And there's a lot of development mm-hmm. in this particular mm-hmm. town uh, in in New Jersey, in Newark, uh, Newark, New Jersey. So, look, not to say that won't happen, uh, but at the end of the day, I have the Fair Housing Act to stand on, and we can't discriminate between someone who's got a history, you know, because they're not liking the living situation. Um, yeah. so inherently it, it's perceived as some risk. Uh, it's actually a whole lot less costly, uh, to be unlicensed. Yeah. Um, sure. because as a licensed facility, I'm paying for state inspections and fees and fire inspections and the whole nine, uh, annually. Um, so it it adds up.
0: Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Very cool. So I would imagine with your licensed facility, your tenants are like you're saying, they're, they're, there long term. So they've been in there, most of them for a long time. With the unlicensed one, what's, what does the turnover look like? Uh, is it a lot more transient? Uh,
1: so, so far, I've had it since October of last year, and basically oh, yeah. everyone stayed. Um, mm-hmm. There's one vacancy at the moment, and really I'm just looking to fine-tune some repairs on that second floor so that I could get someone in there. And I don't, you know, part we kind of touched on it earlier, I don't want to move someone in when the bathroom's like... Not really, where up to my standards. Right. Uh, so I I know I'm going to be unsuccessful in moving someone in. Nor will I feel very good about it uh, if I do have someone move in there. So um, the goal is to get that bathroom finally up to speed, and then I could make a move on a on a resident there.
0: Right now, from what you've heard from your property manager for that property, what are the typical things that he's getting called about from those tenants? Are are there any? I mean you uh-huh. talked about the leaky root, leaky ceiling yeah, for one of them but yeah. is there anything that's kind of just are they, do they all get along pretty well and if so how yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it's
1: it's it's interesting right so there is a shared kitchen uh there is a shared there's two shared bathrooms yeah and then in the basement, it's basically what I would call a one bedroom or studio apartment. So he's kind of separate. Um, but in terms of the other five or six, they generally get along pretty well. Some of them are kind of doing their own thing. Um, they may work later hours. Uh, some just quite frankly, they go there to sleep and then you know they wake up, they leave and they go about their day. So mm-hmm. thankfully I haven't really had uh, any issues. Really the, the biggest thing was when I did uh, employ this property manager um, they are having a hard time trying to figure out the new rent payment system, which I would have expected. You know, we're talking about folks who may not have the highest level of education, or they're nervous about using some online or internet payment system. You know, these Mm -hmm. are folks who are traditionally used to paying people in cash, which I'm certainly not, not doing. Um, that poses many risks, uh, for myself, uh, as well as the tenant, you know, I, if, you know, I could say I never got it and now I could say I could put them out. And, you know, so it poses some challenges, but, you know, I'd say it probably took about two months to get everyone up to speed there. And um, I haven't really heard anything, which is great, which makes that me is. feel, it makes me feel good because it's kind of on autopilot.
0: Yeah. So no yeah. wonder you want to do more of those.
1: Yeah. My goal is for five this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Five of those kind of unlicensed properties?
1: Uh, I, ideally, is? ideally licensed, but I, I would also be okay with unlicensed. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, it makes sense. So, so just, you know, give or take that kind of property, that first one that's unlicensed, cause it's, it's a house in a residential neighborhood. What's your best guess on what that house would rent for as a regular single family home?
1: Probably in the neighborhood of about 22, maybe 2300.
0: 2300. And mm-hmm. if you're open to sharing, what's your gross rents on it as a boarding house? Or as a group home.
1: Uh, gross house gross rents right now is about 4,300.
0: Yeah, so double. Like yeah. basically double. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes a big difference. That's for sure. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for for sharing, but I'm just personally very curious about that. That's yeah. that's very, very cool. Um, what were the other questions I had? So again, it sounds like that one, it's in a nice neighborhood and decent.
1: Uh it's it's on the border. I, I like investing on the areas that are kind of on the edge where it's not in the best area it's not in the worst area but it's it's on edge and that that's pretty consistent with my two to four unit properties as well
0: okay Uh, so talk to talk me a little bit about that why i Mm -hmm. now i get it for the the group home because clientele location Mm -hmm. neighbors going to be relatively more comfortable with that kind of thing it's affordability all that kind of stuff but for your other properties your regular rentals Why do you like those kind of areas?
1: It's all about where the opportunity is and where there's volume. So I've been educated on... If you want to build a business and you want to build a very large portfolio, you need to go and invest where there is a tremendous amount of volume of the product that you're looking for. Hmm. Um, so areas like Newark, New Jersey, Atlantic City, uh, and there's plenty of other ones throughout throughout the state uh, and obviously across the country. But I want to go to an area where I know they're making sales of two to three hundred uh, per year of that particular product. And I know I'll never go out of business. <laughs> I'll never not be able to find a, a two to four unit property there. Um, versus another town where maybe they have ten a year, it's going to be a lot harder for me to grow and scale in that particular environment.
0: Because you're looking for well volume plus you're looking to uh, get a good deal on these properties. Is that correct? I mean, you need to buy yep. them at a good price so the cash flow pro- yep. positive. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense cool so you said that your your goals for the next 12 months or so are to add another five properties to your portfolio ideally the group home/ slash uh, legal boarding house type type situation yeah
1: yep. and really overall uh, because i i'm starting to visualize the the 2 to 4 unit space as my main transaction hub so the two to four unit properties are great and obviously they're based you know property values are based off of comps and and, and so forth and yeah. you know for me the two to four unit space while it generates some cash flow it's not necessarily anything that's going to help me leave a w2 right, right. Uh, really right. that that wealth is built on on the back end.
0: On the mortgage um, pay so, down and appreciation.
1: Course, that's yeah. So okay. I see that business as we try and make some money upfront, depending on how we structure the deal. We make a little bit of money in the middle of the road with some of the rents that we're collecting. And then we're making our big payday ideally on the back end. Um,
0: and the two time frame. Unit, what, what do you think in time frame wise there?
1: Uh, for what exactly?
0: Well, for the back end. So what, you're, you're talking about where you're uh, your yeah, money. Yeah. I mean,
1: some of them. There's a few that I will tell you I'm never going to sell, yeah. <laughs> ever. <Yeah. laughs> um, and then there's others that it's it's going to be dependent on the market uh, mm-hmm. and how good of a deal we get. Uh, um, I've grown my portfolio from raising money and and partnering with other folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of make some group decisions on what we think might be might be best. Um but I see those as more the transaction side. They're easy to sell if you need to. Um, you right. can always sell it to an fHA buyer um, which we've done um so so that's kind of where I see that my two to four unit business and the rooming house that's really those are v- mm-hmm. very long plays. those are cash flow plays. Uh, I'm not looking for a ton of appreciation, mm-hmm. although we since it's considered a commercial building, I do have to be mindful of net operating income and cap rates and, and such. Right. Um, but that's pretty much my game plan with uh, the 40, 46 doors that I have now. I set a goal for 125 by the end of the year.
0: Very cool. Mm-hmm. Just a side note there for the rooming house situation. Um, is, is New Jersey pretty tight in favor of tenants with landlord tenancy stuff or is it a little bit more landlord friendly
1: uh, uh new jersey is very tenant friendly
0: so is new york right i've heard yes. that new york is just yep okay new York's pretty bad <laughs> so rental controls and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. same thing with jersey so how does how does that work with raising rents on your tenants in a boarding house type situation
1: Sure. Uh, specifically with the boarding homes, they're actually not considered tenants. They're considered residents. Yeah. Uh, so I may have even misspoke earlier, but they are on month to month uh, resident agreements. So if they're breaking the rules, if they're causing a ruckus, if they're drinking, if they're causing fires, God forbid,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, they, you know, they, they can get out very quickly uh, from what I understand.
0: So it's kind of a little bit more like a hotel versus It's
1: similar. Yeah. 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 Whereas okay. the two to four unit space as a as a tenant depending on the situation if if they had a lease at in some point in place uh that process will vary by by the city or the township as well as rent control. Uh, some yeah. cities have rent control some do not. Uh, and they that certainly varies uh town to town as well.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So you got a lot more flexibility as well with these uh these rooming house home types situations oh yeah mm-hmm. very very cool so they add ideas to add hopefully four or five more uh over the next 12 months now talk to us a little bit joe about how you how you go about financing these properties how you go about buying these properties you mentioned you work with joint venture partners what mm-hmm. walk us through a little bit about that
1: yeah so you know it's 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 funny um leverage has been the name of the game for me and not necessarily in the traditional sense of the money portion, which that's certainly a a big portion of it, but leveraging other people's knowledge, uh, Mm -hmm. leveraging their expertise, uh, leveraging my network or their network. uh, It's been very valuable. So we've kind of created deals a number of different ways. Uh, for starters, we're usually on a two to four unit properties. We're usually using hard money as well as private money, uh, for our deals. So we'll okay. raise the money for down payments. And then we will use either a short-term bridge loan or we'll use a hard money, uh, like a 30 year rental, no doc loan based on how much reno is needed and, and so forth on the licensed rooming house side. Um, that's basically, that was a conventional, um, commercial product, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's a 20 year amortization. It was a, I believe a was it a five or seven year arm. I forget. Um, but basically I'm locked in at what I feel is a pretty solid rate at the moment for the next five years. And then my joint venture agreement, um, I have to pay him back in three years. So it kind okay. of works out.
0: Yep. Yeah. It works out. And then for like the, the smaller properties that, that you're doing, so you're raising capital from the joint venture partner for the down payment and renovation costs,
1: mm-hmm. getting a
0: hard money loan for for the rest, and then you're getting it fixed up and refinancing it with a, an A lender type thing for, for better rates. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah,
1: well, uh, so we, we get creative, actually, we'll, uh, we're not really doing many, quote, unquote, refis, so to speak. I mean, for lack of a better term, that that is what we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll also get creative and do what's called like an LLC buyback where, you know, it, the property may be bought technically in my name, but there's agreements in place where my other partners are kind of involved. And, you know, I may have that property sold to one of my partners and I'm able to leverage uh, the purchase LTV of like 80% versus 75. Um, So that's just another way of getting a little bit creative on, uh, on how we do our quote unquote refi to to get out of a a potential short-term bridge debt, or even a 30 year loan if need need be.
0: Very cool. And then how does it kind of like for one of those two unit, three unit, whatever type properties, how does that, is that like a joint venture that you're doing with your investors? 50-50, they bring in the money, sure. you bring the deal, you manage stuff. How does that typically work for you, Joe?
1: So it'll it'll vary. Uh, sometimes uh, the person just wants to be the bank and mm-hmm. we'll say, hey, we'll take X money and we'll give you some interest rate that they would like to have that makes sense for the deal. And we'll agree to pay them back anywhere between 12, 18, 24 months based on the market, the deal, the property. Uh, and all that. Um, in terms of the joint venture agreement, that's exactly what I did on on the rooming house. Um, I said, let's go 50-50. This was a uh, capital couple, so to speak. I, I call my folks capital partners, uh, but this is a couple that's done several, several deals uh, with me already. And I said, look, you know, you've helped me grow this journey of mine. Uh, we're going to do this. It's fifty-fifty. Uh, they felt like you know they're they're very fair. They've they they felt like it was a little bit too much. But I said, look, it's fifty-fifty. I'll take care of everything. Um, you sit there and drink your margaritas by the beach, and uh, I'll take care of the rest.
0: Well, I tell you what, that that ain't a bad idea, Joe. Because here's here's what happens. Here's what I've seen with our clients over the years: is when you do something like that with a joint venture partner the chance of them reinvesting with you just skyrockets. These guys already have, right? They've done other deals with you, but now they're extra special happy. And also now they're much more likely to refer you to somebody else as they're drinking margaritas on the beach with their other <laughs> margarita drinking buddies, right? So yeah. they, they start talking about that kind of stuff and it, it really helps you scale. So moving ahead, what are you planning on doing with investors or joint venture partners? What, what does that look like going on? Uh,
1: I'm looking to grow and scale that yeah. department. Um, hopefully by continuing to build, uh, build my brand. I've been trying to get in a big push out there on social media, on the Instagram, TikTok, YouTube with, um, my, my handles, so to speak, Dr. Joda's real estate.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so primarily, I'm bringing it as an education for folks, uh, yeah. a lot of the folks who I've been learning from, and, and, you know, being a mentee of these folks are very successful, and they all have one thing in common, and that's giving. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to educate as many people as possible through my platform. But of course, on the backside, um, you know, hopefully provide opportunities for some of these people as well what I come across is a lot of folks who are nervous about investing, especially in the environment today. And, you know, I'd be open to handholding someone through their first deal if they want to partner with me. Um, And it could be a great, you know, a great experience for everyone and it helps everyone achieve their goals. So that's, that's my plan.
0: That's a good plan, Joe. And and if I can give you a little bit of a, a few tips there, One thing that your mentors are doing that's very smart, probably, I I don't know who you're referring to exactly, but they're educating on social media, but they're definitely not soliciting investors directly on social media because that's a a fast way to a a, a bad experience with the Securities Exchange Commission, which you you want to avoid at all costs. So education is really, really good. And you just have to completely avoid any hint of solicitation that way but here's here's the trick the trick is to systematically convert some of those social media followers over out of social media onto your own platform right because social media is great but at the end of the day you know marky mark zuckerberg owns facebook he changes the rules he kicks you off whatever you're your are hooped or or instagram well he owns that too but you, you know what i mean if it, these platforms are, are co- controlled and owned by other people so use them as much as you can but also you got to figure out a way how do i get people off of that onto my list where sure. i can really start developing that relationship a little bit deeper level. So have you got anything in place for that for for doing that part of the process? Not yet.
1: Um, Primarily it's time constraints uh, that's been been, uh, holding that up, but I I do have some ideas. Um, I was starting a website and just kind of got sidetracked into the social media side of things. But to be quite honest, I'm probably just going to wind up paying like a virtual assistant or, or something at some point just to get that up and running and yeah you know, for lack of a better term, try and create some sort of funnel to you know continue to provide the education but you know via website via email mm-hmm. um, kind of things that that you do on on your uh, on your program as well
0: yeah that's cool so what do you what do you think how much money capital do you think you need to raise over the next twelve months to bring on those five properties give or take if you keep focusing um, on the kind of properties you're looking so, for? so yeah
1: yeah, strictly if it's the five rooming houses it's probably going to be somewhere in a neighborhood of about 3 quarters of a mil.
0: 250,000. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I would I would I would bet my bottom dollar there Joe that you've already got access to that within <laughs> your connections already. I mean, don't stop doing the social media. That's awesome sure. for building that up. But there's so much low-hanging fruit probably within mm-hmm. your existing network that if it were me, that's where I'd probably go after first. So just, just food for thought. It simplifies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's funny. I I do have a plan in place starting next week where I'm going to be utilizing a system where I'm reaching out to a lot of the contacts, whether it's, you know, through the phone, through Facebook friends or what have you, and just kind of reintroducing what I've been doing. Cause there's a lot of people I've obviously come across along the way that you know, people from college, for instance, where I haven't yeah. spoken with them necessarily for five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years, 11 years. And, uh, you know, I'm sure these, you know, most people want to get yeah. a taste of yeah. the real estate bug. It's just they're, they're nervous about something or they're not sure where to start or they don't take action. So there's so many things where I could bring so much value to them and bring the opportunity to them. And it could be a win-win for everyone.
0: One big tip I've, I'd give you when you're doing that. That's an awesome idea. I would highly recommend that you kind of start the conversation, however that's looking. Definitely not real estate focused right off the get-go. Warm them up, break the ice first. Mm-hmm. We do we, With our clients, we do what's called a warm-up campaign. Yes. Or, we do that by email. But basically, the first message is just nice, warm, fuzzy. Hey, it's Joe. Here's what I've been doing for the last few years, blah, 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 blah not pitchy, not talking about the real estate thing, just kind of a, you know, a buy the, you know, a matter of fact type thing, I'm investing sure. in real estate as well. And then, hey, how about you? How have you been doing? What are you up to? And then trying to get that, that interaction. So we do an email like that, Then we do a video, and then we do a message that gives them the heads up that we're going to start the process that you just talked about. We call mm-hmm. that the transition message. And we give people the, the option to opt out if they'd really rather not hear about it. And then that'll just really make the whole uh, procedure go a lot smoother for you, Joe. So highly yep, recommend you do something it. like that. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That, that's uh, that's good insight. I've uh, you know, it's funny you get input for so, from so many people, but there's always that common theme of, you know, it's, it's it really is relationship based. It's not the real estate business, it's relationships and uh, that's what it's all
0: about. It is at the end of the day, your your joint venture partners, and you know this already because you've got a bunch. They're investing in you. Mm-hmm. The deal is just kind of like the collateral for that investment. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Awesome, Joe. Well, this this is a lot of fun. If people want to find out more, connect with you. What's that? What's that social media handle that you, you that you've been slinging around so much?
1: <laughs> so on Instagram, it's. Uh, at Dr. Joe does real estate. Uh, it's basically the same for TikTok and YouTube uh, as well. So at Dr. Joe does real estate.
0: I love that. That's a good handle, my friend. Awesome. Keep up the great work. Can't we? Can't wait to hear how things progress with you. And thank you very much for so, spending some time with us on the podcast.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: All right, everybody take care and we'll talk to you on the next episode.